Seven footers. What is going on? We're back. Gerard and I, you know, it is the off season, but Gerard, things aren't boring at all. No, How are we doing over there? I'm good. Yo, there's, there's always something going on. These dudes always wilding. Always, there's just always something happening, John. Kyrie Irving out here disturbing my damn face every <laughs> damn day. Jesus, it's something every day. Oh, uh, we'll, we'll 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 get to that, dude. But yeah, it's yeah. Just... <laughs> I mean, don't don't get me started because then I'll then I'll get hot and it's it's early. We can't be doing this this early because we got to talk about these rookies signing these max extensions, and I'm talking like big big money, like the kind that Gerard helps you guys win when we do the betting segments, right, Gerard? But <laughs> yeah, you know what's up. So let's talk about uh let's start with Zion here because I think this one is a very debatable topic, of course. I mean, we haven't seen him play in what a year plus. Yeah. Um, so he agreed to that five-year max rookie extension worth up to $231 million. The the key question here for me is does he deserve it? So he does, Jenna, because when Zion does play, I mean, the production that he put forth, um, it, I mean, he's or it's already like among the best production in the history of the NBA in just a short amount of time he's played. Like he's that good when he's on the floor. Um, he's already, you know, maybe the best interior scorer in the league. And, and I mean, right. And, and, and he's already and he's played so limited, uh, such limited games. Um, of course, your, your fear and concern is the injury, but. You know, we're talking potential here and what this guy can do if you're able to get healthy seasons out of him. Wow. I mean, Jenna, look at so we saw in round one of the playoffs how the Pelicans gave the number one uh, seeded Suns all the trouble they could handle. Right. Going six games. I mean, imagine if the Pelicans had Zion on that roster. I mean, That's the thing. They might have won that series. I don't know. Like, right? I mean, then you could argue, well, if they had Zion, they may not have finished tenth. They probably would have been, you know, who knows where they would have might have made the playoffs. But that's the point, though, right? Like, you bring Zion into that environment with what new first year head coach now going to a second year Willie Green is doing with CJ McCollum, an adult in the room, and that's Great a big stuff. thing. Jenna is like a lot of times we got these young rebuilding teams it's really hard for them to find their footing because there's no adults in the room. Yes. There's the coach, but the coach isn't like in the locker room like that. You need like an adult in there and CJ McCollum vet in this league, um, vice president of the players association. Right. I mean like this is an adult, right? So yeah. And Stand having, exactly having him there just kind of makes things better for everyone. Um, of course they got Valentinus as well. And then with the emergence of Herb Jones, Jose Alvarado, Brandon Ingram is a star. I mean, look, man, Brandon Ingram and Zion alone, that's a tough duo. Then you throw yeah. on you throw on CJ on top of that. Like, all right. And defensive wing player Herb Jones. I mean, Jenna, this team, assuming Zion's healthy next year, can do what Memphis did this past year. Mm-hmm. Herb Jones and Jose Alvarado had breakout seasons mm-hmm. last season. So if that growth continues to go on the up and up, I mean, really, this team can 
be an actual contender and again a healthy zion so we have yet to see him post uh surgery on that foot so i'm very healthy a healthy engaged engaged zion i want to be clear right like and it seems you know all those rumors we were hearing jenna about oh zion doesn't want to be in new orleans he's trying to go to new york this and that you know they have maintained that if it's not coming from zion we don't know who's saying it and you know, we haven't, you know, I've always been, well, we'd love to hear from him directly um, what the situation is. So I think this this year will be very telltale. It'll be very interesting, Jenna, to see once August, September rolls around training camp, what are we hearing out of New Orleans? Like, is Zion there? Is he ready to roll? What's the whole deal? I think that will be very, very um, illustrative of what will be happening uh, with Zion of the Pelicans. If he's bought in, man, this team <laughs> sky's the limit. That's the thing. There's so many questions and what ifs that I think a ton of people have, because again, you said all that stuff we were hearing. I mean, I'm a firm believer of, and I think we've talked about this, where there's smoke, there's fire, at least a little bit, even a spark. Mm -hmm. So I want to know how, when, why this Mm -hmm. all happened. And hey, Mm -hmm. maybe behind the scenes, him and his agent were pushing for a max Mm -hmm. and he was unsatisfied and used the kind of small market team excuse uh, with it. I have two things with Zion this season just because, okay, you signed this max rookie extension. Sure, you deserve it. But you have to prove that you continue to deserve it. Meaning, one, you got to prove that you're healthy mm-hmm. and you could mm-hmm. stay healthy. And number two, you got to prove to me that you're committed and you're all in in New Orleans because if, if, because we're seeing a lot of it, of course, <laughs> we'll get to it. But if you, you know, try to run, as soon as you come back, then we know. Mm-hmm, we know that mm-hmm, the rumors mm-hmm. were true or mm-hmm, whatever mm-hmm, was going mm-hmm. on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. I'm really curious. It's We don't always see a player of his caliber, Jordan Brand athlete, rookie right, extension like right. this, in a small market like that. I mean, yes, we have Memphis Grizzlies, and we'll talk yeah. about John in a second. Mm-hmm. So. And what we saw with Kevin Durant, right, and Russell Westbrook, um, they were in yeah. Oklahoma City, and they did it there, right? I mean, it's yeah. – that's the thing when you get drafted, right? Like – you're not no one's ever turned down the rookie extension because that's the team that can offer you the most money so why would you right um so you know players ultimately end up playing eight years um you know within for what for that one franchise and it is be incumbent upon those small market franchises your new orleans memphises uh oklahoma cities to create the kind of culture and environment that's going to make your star player want your rookie star player want to stay um, now it's tough because even if you can do all that, they can still decide they want to go somewhere else, which, by the way, is their right. When their yeah. contractual obligation is up, they don't owe you anything. They don't have to stay there. They can go mm-hmm. play wherever else it is they want to play. So when you're a small market team, it's really like, okay, how can we tap into this and try to win, right? You know, win within this window when we have an electric player, the caliber of a Zion Williamson, um, a John Morant, right? And that's to your point, that's what they're trying to do in Memphis, right? We got the window now, Triple J is extended. Um, who unfortunately my guy's got a stress fracture in his foot, gonna be out four to six months, which just terrible timing on that. Um, yeah. but and, and John Morant, yeah, so he so Jaron won't be back till December at the earliest, right? Um, if you saw on that timeline, but with Jaron and Ja, so now you've got that runway now for the next five years, like okay, can Memphis put everything together and can they get some luck, right? Jenna, we talk about this, it's not just you got to be good. You need some luck. Like some good things have to break your way oh. in order for you to win the championship. That's how yeah. this works. 
any, I mean, LeBron James will tell you, any of the greats will tell you that it is a portion of luck. It is. Mm-hmm. It That's life. It's luck in any situation. Um. So, yeah, I mean, curious to see about Zion. But, yeah, John Morant, he agreed to that five-year, 193 mm-hmm. uh, million rookie max extension. But that could also go up to, like Zion, 231 million. Yep. So, yep. I mean, geez, well-deserved there. I mean, yeah. this Memphis team is going to be – scary it's it's a no-brainer jenna i mean you know this is so as you guys know i i I work over true we have a new stat that we created over there called bonus wins and one of the ways in which a team is able to be successful jenna because this is a salary cap league right if there was no salary cap then who cares spend as much money on whoever you want and put the best team out there right but this isn't english premier league soccer this isn't you know we don't this isn't baseball we got salary caps here right so You have to stay within a certain amount and a range of money. And when you do that, the more players you have on max deals, Brooklyn and Los Angeles, the less money you have to spend on other parts of your roster. So teams like Memphis, who led the league in bonus wins, by the way, last year, why are they able to be so good? Because everybody on that roster was on a rookie deal, right? Giles on a rookie deal. Triple J was on a rookie deal. Uh, Desmond Baines on a rookie deal. Um, the m- player making the most money was um, Dylan Brooks, and he was making like $12 million a year, right? Steven Adams, somewhere in the same neighborhood, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's how you can add all those pieces, and you are outperforming the value of what you're being paid, right? We did the math over at Troop, and it cost about $3.8 million per win uh, l- last season, right? Okay, so if I got a guy on a $4 million a year contract, and he gave me 10 estimated wins this year. That's a good deal for me, right? Because I am paying, I'm paying less for the amount of wins that, that, that I should be paying, right? Yeah. He should be making 30 million, but I'm only paying him three. So that means I got money for all these other things. And so when you're constructing a team, it is so incumbent on you to try to figure out how can I get the most right out of these guys on these lesser deals. And how am I paying the right amount of money? I'm not overpaying on these rookie max extensions. And this is where teams mess themselves up, Jenna. It's not so much that they pay players. You have to pay them. It's when they overpay and they pay the wrong player, right? You play a guy, you know, $20 million when he's probably a $12 million player or a $15 million yeah. player. And people think, oh, Gerard, $8 million, $5 million, what's the big deal? No, that's, again, the big deal. Salary cap league. That's $8 million you don't have now to spend on somebody else, right? Like, that's the key. So, you know, teams need to be smart and really think about and make sure they're doing the right thing. And Memphis, you know, even when all those extensions kick in, um, Robert Parra, the owner, said he's willing to go into the, lux- into the luxury tax because he likes what he has there. And that group, that's a good group they got, um, you know, and, and I think it'll be interesting to see how Zaire Williams develops this summer, right? Again, because they'll give them another player on a rookie deal if he's able to outperform what he's being paid. That's right. That helps us win and we can out go out and do other things. So it's, it, it's a smart move, but again, John, the rookie max extension, no brainer. Of course, um, this is a guy that's a, you know, he's a perennial all NBA player made all his first all NBA team last this past season going to be a perennial MVP candidate. So yeah, you gotta yeah. pay. hundred percent. No brainer there. I mean, congratulations. Good for them. I mean, I hope they, you know, spend their money wisely and and invest in seeds. That's what I wish they told some people that <laughs> flopped in the league with their finances. Um, all right. Let's talk about free agency moves because, as you guys know, last Thursday, players were able to start negotiating their contracts. So 
let's get into this because we have a lot of moves and uh, different things happening. And mm-hmm. we will get to the Hamptons off the court <laughs> later. But let's talk about a meeting that went down in the Hamptons, mm. reportedly, of course, with James Harden and the Sixers to negotiate his contract, his deal. What what happened there? What went on? What do you know? Yeah, so what that's about, Jenna, is... So here's the crazy thing about the James Harden situation. So Brooklyn had on the table for James Harden a five-year maximum extension deal. That was on the table for James Harden. Or four-year, excuse me. Um, the, We know what happened with Kyrie Irving not taking the vaccine, all that. James got annoyed, forced his way out of Brooklyn over to Philly. So he now is not going to get that maximum extension from Philly because they got to pay other players. They got Embiid. They're trying to sign other guys. What's going to happen is you're going to end up working out some sort of lesser deal to have Harden take less money now, figure out some wink-wink back deal, backroom deal where he gets the bulk of it some other way, deferred, however they, they figure it out to circumvent the cap rules. Um, but allow them flexibility so they're able to sign other players. Um, because you know, Philly's in win now mode, right? Like you got Embiid in his prime as an MVP candidate. You know, Harden, we, we saw how he played last year, Jenna. And it's not great coming off those coming off the yeah. hamstring and all that. So it, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But I, I think what this is again, this is a move by Daryl Morey to figure out okay, how can we how can we get a little bit of space and relief so that we can get uh, some more players in here? Oh, and I um, I was just going to say, too, of course, Gerard and the True Hoop fam uh, crunching the numbers over there. <laughs> Classic move by Gerard, <laughs> a.k.a. future GM. Listen, hire me, people. You trying, to, you, you trying to get yourself together? We're good. And by the way, you saw that, right? What did, what did the 76ers do? They signed P.J. Tucker. $10 million yeah. deal, three years, 30. That's the reason they were able to do that is because Harden, they haven't agreed to a new deal yet, right? And that new deal will not be that super max money so they could bring in a guy like PJ Tucker. And I think they got, mm-hmm. they, they got Daniel House. Really what they're doing is it's, it's Rockets East. <laughs> they're bringing back all those old Rockets players together and they're, and they're going to run it back. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays. And remember, they also got DeAnthony Melton um, from the Memphis Grizzlies uh, as well. So yeah, mm-hmm. look, Philly is... Their goal is, all right, how do we figure out how to put the best possible pieces around Joel Embiid because we are in win-now mode? Oh, yeah, they have to be. I mean, at this point, like, something needs to some, – something has to give. Like, it has to work at this point. What do you uh, think about that pairing in P.J. Tucker and Embiid? So here's my thing about Tucker. I like Tucker a lot. I, I just – like, he's old, Jenna. Like, I just don't know, like – you know, and, and he shot the ball pretty well. And he shoots it well from corner three, all that. He plays good defense, yada, yada. But, like, no, he's 33, 34? Let me check out yeah. how old P.J. Tucker is. I, I just don't know how much he's th- – 37. So, at the end of this deal, Jen, he's going to be 40. Like, I, he, And he already had trouble last year, you know, yeah. kind of staying healthy and all that. Three years at 30, it doesn't sound like a lot, but I wonder – how's that going to work right like is is that going to is that going to work itself out in terms of okay that's not a sunk cost right like we're getting exactly what we what we paid for and honestly i don't know right now i'm looking up pj tucker's uh estimated wins last year all right last year in miami 6.8 
estimated wins. Let's round that up to seven, right? So based on that, and based on our calculation, he should get paid somewhere in the $20 million range. So good on them, right? They're actually paying him less, only 10. But will he be able to maintain that same production that he did in Miami the next three years? Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. So we'll see. How, so let's put it this way. If he's able to maintain the production, I like it just fine. If he's if he's hurt a lot, and you know, the biggest predictor of future injury, Jenna, is what? Previous injury, right? So, and at 37, you ain't getting younger, right? So, you know, I hope they have a plan on how they're going to play him minutes-wise and, you know, load manage him because the 82-game season isn't what's going to matter for Philly. It's the 16 games you need to win the championship. That's what they're focused on. Yeah. The one thing that I think uh, Tucker has on his side is that he's look at his past couple teams. Yeah. He's become more of a journeyman lately, but like, look at his past couple teams, uh, Bucks, the heat, the heat. bucks, like mm-hmm. these are contending teams that, mm-hmm. and everybody knows to be on the heat, you gotta be like slim and trim, baby. <laughs> like, you gotta be up in there. So, you know, I mean the fact that, you hear from all of his teammates and like the feedback that he's like a great teammate. Oh, great great to be around. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, maybe he'll be, he'll gel well in Philadelphia. Maybe we'll see. We shall see. We shall mm-hmm. see. All right. Who do we want to chat about next in the free agency pool here? You know, it's, it wasn't a free agency move, but it was a trade. And I, I really liked it is what um, Boston did Jenna by getting Malcolm Brogdon. So one of the things that teams do, right, is whatever the most recent thing that happened to them is, they try to correct that problem, right? Whatever the problem, whatever the problem is. And for Boston, it was turnovers, right? They had a really Mm -hmm. tough time holding on to the ball um, late in in, in games, particularly in the finals against the Warriors. um, And they couldn't really get into the kind of offense they wanted to um, as well as they could. And, you know, Marcus Smart, great player, but, you know, everyone's like, eh, not quite the, um, you know, the, the the traditional true point guard people talk about. Yeah. Um, Brogdon, however, right, gives you a little bit of that, right? He's a playmaker, not a little bit, a lot, a lot of that. He's in more of that traditional style, not going to turn the ball over, going to get yeah. everybody into their sets, get Tatum and Brown the ball where they like it. And he's a good, very good uh, three-point shooter, right? This gives you another weapon on the floor that I think, you know, if you play it back and they have Brogdon and Smart on the floor um, or they interchange them against the Warriors, do they win that series? Maybe, right? Like, but, you know, the way the the, the playoffs played out last season isn't how they're going to play out this season, right? Like, I don't, this coming season, we have no idea what's going to happen in the East and who's going to be what, who's going to be healthy, what's not going to happen, but... I think this is a good pickup for them and it allows him to play. He's a very smart, high IQ player, plays very good yeah. defense. Like he's going to fit seamlessly into what they do in Boston. And so I, I like that move a lot for, for, for Ime Udoka in Boston. I do too. Cause I think it's really going to balance out that Marcus smart pairing just because smart is an opposite player. He tends to get into foul trouble, which Brogdon isn't really, you know, mm-hmm, more mm-hmm. foul prone like that. So I think it's going to be good. Again, you said he has a high basketball IQ. Couldn't agree more there. So good move by them. And 
Uh, there was a report that said that was the move Boston wanted to make. They wanted a perennial point guard mm-hmm, at that mm-hmm. position. So mm-hmm. yeah, looks like they got it. I hope the chemistry is good with Smart. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. And you know, Chicago also in terms of free agents, free agent moves, Jenna. So they obviously re-signed Zach Levine. They picked up Andre Drummond. Um, they got Goran Dragic. You know, I think for for Chicago, you know, this was a team that was leading the East at one point this past season, mm-hmm. right? For the injuries hit. I think for them, if they come back and they're healthy next year, they may feel like, hey, look, we got something we could say about how the East plays out and what goes on. So I think, you know, again, it, it, it's all all of it's fascinating. I, I like what a lot of teams did. Um, we, we mentioned the rookies who got their their deals. Of course, Darius Garland also signed his um, uh, his extension as well. So well deserved. Yeah. So, you know, look, I in Phoenix with Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. And, you know, this is I, I, I like a lot of what they're doing. Um, so, you know, uh, I think. I think everything is setting up well for the East to be, again, a, a, a powerhouse of a conference like it was last year. Um, and that says no, that's nothing to say about whatever's going on in Brooklyn, which I don't, I don't, even, I don't even know. Drawn. I don't, I don't, Drawn. Know. it's so bad. Like, it's just, it's so bad. Like, I, I don't get it, but you know, as we've touched on, uh, KD, Kyrie, they both want out reportedly. No, I'm kidding. They both requested damn trades. Like they want the hell out of Brooklyn, but Reportedly, when it comes to the reasoning and the rumors about where they might go, what they want to do, this and that, blah, blah, blah. But Chris Haynes, he reported that the Nets are maintaining discussions between the Lakers about Kyrie Irving, but it still remains preliminary at this point. And then Shams also went on the Pat McAfee show and was like, yeah, nothing's really going down there. Like, there's nothing to report. So what the hell is happening? Does Kyrie want to be in L.A. or what? What does Kyrie want? I think that's the biggest question of the century. I don't think Kyrie knows what Kyrie wants. So, I mean, what what, 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 what are we talking about here, right? Look, here's the reality of this situation right now. The Nets have all the leverage, Jenna. Like, Kyrie's under contract. KD's under contract for four more seasons. Mm-hmm. So the Nets are under no illusions to give these guys what they want, right? It's like, look, man, we got you under contract. So you can either – and again, and with that, that means the Nets can trade them to because none of them have no trade clause. We can trade you to whoever we want. Once we we, we want to get back what we want to make our team the best possible it can be. Right. Yeah. Not not whatever you guys want. And I really kind of want to take a step back because, you know, Kyrie did all his shenanigans last week and then opted in because, of course, he opted in because there was no market for him. Nobody wanted to sign it because he's a headache. No one wanted to deal with that. And that said, yeah, go ahead. If you find it, if you find a partner who will sign and trade for you, we'll do it. Go find one. Couldn't find one. All right. Fine. Hilarious. He opts in. He takes his money. But the funny thing is he opts in and Durant, the minute he opts in, says, I want out of here. And everybody's speculating, what does that mean? Look, it may be... Uh, what if they spoke? Like, did they speak? Well, they, they, well who, who even knows? Like, who even knows? Here's what I think. Durant as a player is all about ball. We know this. Like, he's just a hooper. That guy loves to play basketball and is obsessed and addicted to the game in a way almost nobody else in the NBA is including Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving may be this like artist, masterpiece, whatever, 
you know, that, that is artist and like amazing, incredible, blah, 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 that, you know, that Durant talks about, but he don't love the game the way you love the game, KD. Like it's very obvious he doesn't because he doesn't do everything necessary to be on the floor and play, right? We've heard Durant say, I don't care about minutes. Let me die out there. I'll play every single minute. I don't care. Like this guy just loves hoop. Kyrie don't love basketball like that. It's very obvious yeah. he doesn't because if he tell. did, he would be there all the time. This dude doesn't come to work, right? Every other week, it's some reason for why he's not going to play, right? It's always something with this guy. And I think Durant's got to realize, yo, I can't be hitching my wagon to this dude. Like, <laughs> I can't, you know, my basketball legacy cannot be tied to this guy for the rest of my career because you right. don't love basketball the way I love it. So I think because Kyrie's his boy and they're still tight, which by the way, man, that is one of the tightest friendships I've ever seen. Because I don't love none of my friends that much to be like, you know what I mean? It's like, nah, we good. Tell but. us the secret. What the <laughs> hell are y'all bonding over? Like, Seriously. What? Seriously. I mean, that is some wild stuff, man. Um, Loyalty. So, so again, it's okay. I can't publicly say I don't want him around because he's my boy. So once he opts in, I'm going to opt out under the guise of, well, you're not, you didn't extend Kyrie, so I'm mad at you guys. So I want out of here. But knowing, knowing, Jenna, that any trade demand for Kevin Durant will require a haul, not just in terms of draft capital, but with existing all-star level players. Let's take a look at the recent trade that just happened over the weekend. Utah Jazz, well, no longer now on Utah, but he's now on the, on the Minnesota Timberwolves, but Yep. Three-time defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert. Here's what the Jazz got back in return. Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Leandro Balmoro, Walter Kessler, Jared Vanderbilt, the 2023, 2025, 2027, 2029, Minnesota first-round picks, and the 2026 pick swap. So Rudy Gobert went for five first-round draft picks, essentially, and one, two, three, four, five players, one of them in Jared Vanderbilt, a young guy with a ton of upside. And that's Rudy Gobert, who, by the way, excellent. I just said three times well, like, defensive player of the year. That's a lot. All defensive player. So he went for that. What do you think the Nets are going to want for Kevin Durant? <laughs> right? Four first round picks at a minimum. Three or four pick swaps at a minimum. Okay. <laughs> So let's just assume you have that cap, that the draft capital to give that up. Okay. Because again, see, this, this is the thing, Jenna. It's like when you see 25 or $30 million homes, right? Well, the pool of people who can afford that is very small. It ain't everybody, right? There's only so many people that can afford to buy a home like that. There's only so many NBA teams, we only got 30 of them, who have that kind of draft capital, right? Okay. Yeah. So that's a small amount of that. And then... Not only do they have to have that draft capital, Jenna, they have to have the salary to match Kevin Durant, right? And that's at $41 million. So who has the capital and the salary to match? And not just the salary, Jenna, the players that the Nets would want attached to that salary for Kevin Durant. You see, every time I add a condition, that pool gets smaller and smaller and smaller. So, also, good. Kevin reportedly want won't reportedly I say right. won't play on a team with you know a certain amount of all stars or whatever. So it's like 
yes, you want to give up so much for him, but he also wants to go to a team that is contending. See, so it's like, do, what's the happy ground? So you see what I'm saying here? So knowing all that, who has the current players that are at that level and the draft capital to give up? It's like maybe one team, Oklahoma City, probably it. That's it. Probably that's the only team. Durant don't want to go back to no Oklahoma City. And if he goes to Oklahoma City and they give all that up, they ain't going to be ready to win no championship. What if, you're, what if you're, what if there's like a major plot twist and like he goes to the Lakers and they send Anthony Davis to Brooklyn? Oh, dear God. I mean, could I, you I, imagine? I don't think LeBron and Kevin want to be on the same team. Not because they don't get along or anything like that. That's just, there's only so much oxygen available in the room, right? Like, <laughs> And you like it, both them dudes can't be in there. That's just not. No, like, I hear you. You know, but crazier things or I mean, crazy things happen here th- th- in the th- association. Th- this is the NBA where where literally crazy happens every day. But my point being, Jenna, is that so the Nets will ultimately say, "Well, Kevin, we tried to trade you, but we didn't get a package we thought was worthwhile because you you are, after all, Kevin Durant. So guess what, buddy? You're under contract for four more years. So we'll keep trying to trade you, but you're gonna come and play. And here's the thing." Kevin Durant is not James Harden. He's not Kyrie. He ain't going to sit at home and not play. He's not going to yeah. show up on the court and dog it. Like, that's that's not him. That's not him, yeah. He's not going to do those things. So he's going to play. And so here's the thing. Now you look at the Nets roster and you're like, well, wait a minute. We got Ben Simmons. We just got TJ Warren. We picked up as a free agent. Yeah. We got Seth Curry. We got um, uh, Patty Mills. We got Nick Claxton. We got Royce O'Neal. We got... This team ain't looking so bad, you know. Yeah, like, for real. Maybe we're we're you know maybe you know. So you now that the Nets are convincing Kevin, like you know, with you added to this mix, Kevin, we ain't looking half bad. I think we can compete. Now the big elephant in the room, of course, is Kyrie Irving, and I think for Nets management's sake, Steve Nash's sake, honestly, the team's sake, Kevin Durant's sake, they got to get Kyrie Irving out of there. Like he is a black cloud that hangs over that franchise. Like he is. Like and and again, and this is you know whenever you like critique players and they take you're you're attacking me personally. It's like look as a player, Kyrie is brilliant. We say it on this show all the time. He may be pound for pound, maybe the most talented player in the NBA. Like he's so freaking good at basketball. It's stupid. It's absurd. But this is not an individual sport where you can just come and go as you please, work your own schedule, and do your own thing. That's not how Facts. this works. This is a team thing. And if our goal is to win a championship, Coach Thorpe talks, talks about this all the time. You, you've seen crew racing before, right? Um, everyone in the boat has to be rowing on the same tempo yes, and I in the same direction. What happens when one person stops rowing or is not rowing on beat with everybody else? That ain't good. Your boat ain't going at the optimum speed it's supposed to go. This is a problem. Everyone has to be rowing together in the same direction. Kyrie don't row in the same direction. Hell, Kyrie ain't even in the boat half the time. Okay? like so. Very, very true. This is a problem. And in the NBA, as we all know, and I say it all the time, This league is hard enough as it is to win. It is really, really hard. 
Why are you purposely bringing in discord and discontent into your environment? When, Because here's the thing. Some other thing is going to happen. Someone's going to get injured. So, something is going to happen. We know that. It's the NBA. Why are you already starting it out by saying, yeah, we're going to, not only is something going to happen, we're going to add more bullshit to it by keeping this dude around. Like, it's just dumb. It doesn't make any sense. And he, Kyrie, has not demonstrated the ability to be a good soldier and just yeah. do what he's supposed to do. And that's unfortunate because he's uber talented. It is unfortunate. I mean, I'm very curious to see what's going to happen in Brooklyn because, I mean, they kind of have their hands like chained a little bit. I mean, it's not an easy situation. They have the upper hand because, again, those guys are under contract. Here's the other thing. So it may be something where, all right, Kyrie, we can't get a move done now, right? But the season goes by, December rolls around. And, you know, as I said, it's the NBA, right, Jenna? Things happen. Let's say some other team that thought they were going to, you know, contend for a playoff spot or what have you. Somebody gets injured and it doesn't work out. And now they're like, crap, you know what? It's better for us if we just try to rebuild the draft or whatever. They might have a player, a young player under contract. They're like, you know what? This isn't going to work. He's not on the timeline with these other guys we have. Let's move him. But he's on a contract for two, three more years. I want to clear up that cap space. Where can I find an expiring contract that I'll take in to clear up cap space? Oh, Kyrie Irving's an expiring contract at $36 million or whatever. I'll deal with him. Hell, that team might take him on and say, yeah, Kyrie, we're trading for you, but we don't want you to come to work. Don't, don't even show up. No, no, no. We will pay you to stay at home. Just don't even come here because we don't even want to deal with you right now. We just want that expiring contract so we can get that, that cap space to clean up our sheet, right? So a, a variety of things can happen here. But look, yeah, to me, Jenna, it, I could see those guys just as training camp starts, they are right there in Brooklyn. Because, again, who – take Kyrie aside. We, you heard what I mentioned for Durant. Who has the draft capital? and is willing to give it up, and who has the players that the Nets want? Maybe Phoenix? Uh, you know, maybe. And I don't know that the Nets are high on Aiton like that. They may not be. And for them, Mike Mikel Bridges and DeAndre Aiton won't be enough. Like, that's not enough for them. So, you know, uh, we'll see. We shall see again. It's going to be interesting. Honestly, it's unpredictable at this point. So I'm just waiting for the Woj bomb or the Shams <laughs> alert. I'm, I'm waiting here. But, Gerard, mm. while the free agency madness was happening, mm -hmm. there was madness happening in the Hamptons. Out east. Yes. Yes, indeed. Out east, the Ritz, the glam, the glitz, <laughs> all of it. All the rich people gathering in one place. Because what's better than that? Nothing. <laughs> A well, except that, except that we weren't there, but you know, whatever. Yeah, that's ne what neither saying. here nor there. It clearly was a nine and a half out of ten because they were missing <laughs> us. But it's I. I won't be bitter. I don't like to live my life in a negative. You see, negative exactly. Light. No, no need. We 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 prefer positivity here. Exactly. That's what I like to hear. So let's talk about it because Michael Rubin had his annual 4th of July white party in the Hamptons at his massive estate. And I mean, anyone who is, what is that saying? Everyone who's anyone, anyone who's everyone. Yep. Anyone who's everyone was there. Yep. Yeah. They were all there. I'm talking athletes of multiple leagues, singers, hip hop artists, rappers, everything. I mean, 
people were they the NBA presence was heavy to say the least. You had a uh, Donovan Mitchell mingling with uh, Emmanuel Quickly, Tyrese mm-hmm. Maxey, mm-hmm. Joel Embiid. The list goes on. Devin Booker and Kendall Jenner, who reportedly broke up last month. And but I heard they might be possibly back together. Again. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean. It's it's definitely not off the table from what I'm seeing out here in these streets, but <laughs> you never know. Uh, Jason Tatum sparking romance rumors again with Grammy winner Ella May, British singer, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. voice of an angel. I mean, you know, clearly he's not too upset about that uh, finals loss to the Warriors, so it's well, I. You know, it's, I mean, Draymond Green was out there. Uh, Grant Williams, CJ McCollum, Jim I mean, Harden, yeah. Um, who else? Who else? Joel Embiid, Max. Odell Beckham Jr. O- OBJ was there. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. What other like Jay-Z, of course, like you mentioned. Drake, obviously, Fat Joe. PJ Tucker was out mm-hmm. there. Yo Gotti, um, Meek Mill. The Lil's, uh, Lil Dirk. Mm-hmm. Lil Dirk, he uh, performed. Yep, Miguel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Miguel. <laughs> I mean, he put on a performance. <laughs> connected with the crowd. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll leave that there, folks. Why don't you search some of your favorite uh people's IGs and you'll see what we mean. <laughs> yeah, you see what's up out here because it doesn't doesn't take much. Carmelo Anthony was out there. Uh, oh, by the way, what's up with your man Melo? I heard his current girl got mad because she found out that he sent the same flower arrangement to all his other girls or, or something. Oh, like that. Man, Melo. <laughs> Melo. Come on now. Like I, I'm a big fan of Melo. I would love to just hear what he says, like when he like is trying he, to spit game. If he, he spits game, he's I, probably just like, look, man, it's just easier to keep it all in one place and just make it the same thing. Like I, I get it. Like when they find out, you play on yourself, but you know. Okay, I mean, listen, this party was so big and so lavish. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you know what Michael Rubin's invitations were for this party? Do you know what, what, what were they? Hand. Delivered bottles of Jay Z's um, Ace of Spades champagne, which retail for over seven hundred dollars a pop. Hey, you know when when you got, I mean, so so the mansion itself, Ruben Ruben bought it in twenty fourteen or fifteen, I think, is fifty million bucks. So look, th- this is this is this is the type of people we talking about here. Like, this ain't your run of the mill, like you know, I'm a millionaire kind of dude. Like, nah, like. Michael Rubin is, I believe now, a certified billionaire. Yes, net worth yeah. $8 billion. Like, people, like, $8, like, $8 billion, it, most people cannot fathom how much money that is. Like, that is, like, you couldn't blow that in a million lifetimes. Like, it's just, right? Like, that's the amount of money. Where it's insane wealth. Um, insane. Like Michael Rubin, former uh, minority owner of the Philadelphia 76ers, he recently sold his stake. Uh, back to the Harris Blitzer Entertainment Group because you know his fanatics company is really taken off with um, NFTs, sports gambling, etc. I mean, yeah, he is, he I think they're really... in the NIL. Uh, oh, yep, they're working with college athletes on every. I mean, and that's part of the reason why you have to separate himself from the Sixers, right? Because if you are an owner of a team, you can't have a, a primary business where you enter into financial agreements with other players. Um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, that was well worth it for him because not only did he make a profit off of his off of his uh, stake in the Nets, uh, in the Nets, in the 76ers, which is about 10%. Mm-hmm. He also, um, you know, increased his profile, increased the profile of Fanatics 
and that company is just moving the needle forward. And you know, oh, it's him. doing so well. Good for him. Uh, good for everybody on hand at the white party. Some of our friends were out there. Hey guys, mm-hmm. appreciate the invite. Thanks so much. <laughs> yeah, don't you worry. I'll be texting y'all. <laughs> Block my number if you want. <laughs> Yo, you know who else was also at this party that Ooh. I didn't expect to be? Mo Bamba. Mo oh, Bamba oh, cool. Cole Mo Bamba. Anthony. Okay, okay, okay. Up in here. I mean, oh, man. I mean, you know, look, R- R- Ruben loves his NBA guys, and, you know, he's doing his thing. And, look, it, it's in Hamptons. Everybody enjoy yourself. They had their good, good time at that white party out there, you know. Do your thing. The mansion itself is 8,000 square feet, so it's pretty massive. The grounds that it's on, the estate grounds are pretty huge. Um, Ruben's wife, actually, he actually had to leave the party early um, because his wife fell off the stage um, during one of the performances. She's okay. Uh, But yeah, you know, he had to go ahead and take care of that. You know, things happen. He's a man of the people. I mean, man of the people. He is a man of the people. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. But yeah, good time had by all. (laughs) Love that. Love that. Hey, that's one good thing about the uh, NBA. The fashion and the presence and the entertainment is so popping that Mm -hmm. we always have something to talk about. And I love when like other guys from other teams mingle and party together. I'm like, (laughs) oh, what you talking about? What you saying? You're like, ooh, is someone so going to play with that person? What's this? What's that? Right? Yeah. You, Of course, you know, you had uh, Donovan Mitchell there uh, hanging out with some of the Knicks guys. And you know those rumors out here. I mean, I'm not saying anything's happened, but you know. That's it. That's all she wrote for now. <laughs> oh, don't you worry. We're always. Oh gonna my be back. god, this this league is just nuts, Jenna. There's just always something happening. And that look, the Dejounte Murray trade ended up oh, happening, yes. right? Like yes, he, he is. He is now a member of the Atlanta Hawks. So you have a Murray Trey Young backcourt. It'll be very interesting to see how that all goes uh, plays out. My man Kevin Herter is on the Sacramento Kings. Poor Herter, he got traded from Atlanta. I don't really know how that's gonna go because Sacramento is Sacramento. So. You know. Just Sacramentoing. Yes, That's you know. Listen, sad. they have a new head coach, Mike Brown. You know, so maybe things are going to change and the culture is going to be different. We'll see. We'll see. Sacramento stays Sacramentoing. <laughs> oh, man, talk about a culture shift in need. All right. <laughs> Tell them where they can find us, Gerard, because y'all know you got to stick with us. Yeah, stick with us. We are part of the pro, uh, the the Props Network. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all that jazz. She is at Jenna Lemoncelli. I am at JS Hector. We are at Simple Pod on Twitter, at Simple Podcast on Instagram. And until next time, everybody, peace. Spent a couple years.